All right, everybody, let's go ahead and get started. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for this time that you've given us once again to get into your word, to better understand who we are in you and how to better uh, guard our hearts and protect uh, where the springs flow out of. And Father, we thank you once again for us coming together safely. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for just helping us to navigate this Christian journey so that we'll become your soldiers that will be able to navigate and withstand all forms of warfare. With that being said, I come against every demonic spirit, every witchcraft, every spell, anything that may try to come against myself, my family, my properties, anything that belongs to me and these young people. We cancel your plots against them and against myself, and this word will flow freely into good sword hearts of these individuals that will be able to allow it to change and transform their lives for your glory. Father, we appreciate it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. So for the last few weeks, once again, we've been in this thing uh, called spiritual warfare and, and what it means um, um, to navigate it. Because like we say all the time is that, uh, like I said last week or so, that you can't avoid it. This warfare you can't avoid. Uh, everyone in this room, none of us are on the sidelines. None of us are on the bench. All of us are on the field. All of us are in the middle of this war. And we've been drafted in. Since we've been grafted into the family of God, we've been drafted into this warfare. And when you understand that, then you will begin to investigate and discern everything around you to make sure it's not a plot or a scheme or a demonic tactic against you. And so uh, the severity of this topic is crucial because um, right now all of us are engaged in some level of warfare, either knowingly or unknowingly, especially if your life is not where you desire it to be. And when you understand that your demons, not your demons, but demons uh, gather intel about you and they watch you, they know how to attack you, then you will say, okay, I need this whole armor of God. I need to make sure that I am uh, shielded and protected and navigating this life the way I should. So we've been going through some of those points. <clears throat> right now we're at the breastplate of rights for the last four weeks or so. But we talked about how the breastplate guards the heart. And we talked about four, five, the H E A R, five things that we should never allow access to ours. What was, what was H? Hatred. 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 Why, why do we say hatred? We should not allow hatred access to our hearts. Anybody remember? Anything or something that you uh, get from it at the moment. Bitter and block your blessings. We talked about how in, in a cupboard, there's all forms of ingredients. Uh, uh, and we talk, we parallel that with the fact of because I not just because not only do I have all the ingredients at any given moment, I can make murder. I can make harm. I can create it. And so we have to be very careful. What was ego? Ego. And what do we say about ego? Why shouldn't we allow ego to our hearts? That's right. All that in the bag of chips, like the old folks would say. Yep. In the bag of chips, already got half a chips in a bunch of air, right? What was A? Anxiety. Why do we say anxiety is dangerous to get access to the heart? Stops your progress. That's right. So what was R? Resentment, yes. And why do we say resentment? Okay. Okay, good job. Resentment. And why should we not allow resentment to our hearts? Gotcha. T. <laughs> toxicity. toxicity. And why shouldn't we allow toxic influences or things to our hearts? Poison, distraction. That's right. And so the main verse that we've been in was Proverbs 4.23. It says, keep your heart with all vigilance, 
for from it flows the springs of life. I don't think we took time to labor on that text, but we see that the word keep means it is my responsibility to keep it. Who all has a pet or a plant or <laughs> anything of that nature? You're responsible for keeping it, right? And if you don't keep it, what happens? Yeah, dies a horrible death, starvation, right? <laughs> and, and all the negligence, right? And, and unfortunately, don't go to jail for that, for killing animals. But either way, if we don't keep it, no, you can't. But I'm saying, unfortunately, anyway, so to keep your heart is the same. How many people don't keep their hearts? Because I don't think people understand the value of their heart. The Bible says the reason why we should keep it is because from it flows the springs. Like now, what's a spring? A fountain of water that does what? Spring up and provides what? Water and water provides what? Life. There we go. So if you knew that a spring was bitter or poisonous, would you drink from it? Absolutely not. If you realize, if you found that the water was alkaline with healing properties in it, you'll drink from it all day. You'll get five gallons of whatever and take it home, right? Now, you got to ask yourself, you as a spring, what's springing out of you? Right? Because if I don't keep my heart and guard my heart, then I will put toxic things in there. And then when, 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 when squeezed, what will spring out of me is what I placed in me. Your heart or your mind is where everything flows. What flows out of a heart of a person? Good things. Did we do some? We'll do good or bad. Which one you want to do first? Bad or good? Bad. Bad. Oh, all right. We're here. We're here now. Okay. Keep, keep. Okay. Okay. We're here now. So what are some bad potential things that can spring out of a person's heart? Hatred. Hatred. So when squeezed, don't they tell they just want to kill somebody, right? The hatred. So bitter. What else can spring negatively out of a person's heart when squeezed or, or pressed? Pride. Pride, right? And that's negative how? Yep. A, a, a negative influence on others, right? One more. What's another bad thing? Go ahead, Drew. Fear. And how does fear, give me an example, or not an example, but give me a point about that. Always anxious, right? So we see that out of our hearts, whatever we allow in there will spring. Now, what are some good things that can spring out of a person's heart that can bring life? Yes. The love of God. And how does the love of God have a ripple effect in those who partake from your life? It brings favor. Brings favor. Yep. What else? Or anything. That's good. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You said joy. No, you're fine. She's good. What'd you say? Joy. Joy. And why'd you say joy? Because um, if you say joyful, but if you have the joy of the Lord in your heart, wherever you go, you spread that joy and you spread it to others. That's right. So we said love, joy. Give me one more. Servanthood. Servanthood. And how? Give me. Give me an example. Of why'd you say that? Um, because when that's a good thing that comes out of your heart, because servanthood comes from your heart. It's it's a action that is expression of the heart so if you have a good heart and you're following things as they should be you're going to want to give that's right let's take another level how could that good thing because even, even i learned this for myself 
Sometimes you can have such a big, good heart that vultures take advantage of it. So let's take another level. And you can contribute, Drew, and uh, Debbie, and at least if, if you want to. But how, why is it important to determine how much springs in a good way out of you? So the love of God. So the love of God is great. But I just heard a story about a young lady who saw a baby on the side of the road. And because she had the love, not the love of God, but she had compassion, it got her now kidnapped. So, for instance, so all that love has to be guarded by what? Discernment. Because one thing about me, I don't care what baby rolls up. I'm looking five yards that way, five yards and say, okay, why are you out here with nobody else? I'm going to keep it moving. The Lord is with you. <laughs> May the Lord watch between me and thee while I'm driving past you, right? All right, so we see. So tell me, Drew, or give me another example of why or, or an example of how to guard that good spring. Yeah, because like you say, you can uh, get taken advantage of. And everybody want to use you for different reasons. Yeah, that's why I say all the time, everybody deserves some access to your love, but love has levels. So everyone deserves access to some form of your love, but not everybody deserves access to your heart. There's a big difference. If your heart's so big that everybody can get a bite from, then you will have no heart to give to the people that deserve the feast, right? So for instance, everybody, you know, there'll be times in school when I'm working or just around people, everyone gets a, hey, how you doing? Everybody gets something. But based upon that person's heart posture, would determine if I give them 50 minutes. Or if I'll give them time, right? Because it's like, okay, if, if, if I already know that you only see me a certain kind of way, I'm not going to give you the abundance of my heart. And there's also people who've earned access to my heart and who should earn access to yours. And if you don't have levels to this, then people who were never meant to have access to your heart because your heart is valuable, out of it, I can, I can, hey, here's a glass of love, man. You go take that with check of the throat. God bless you. All right? Thank you. But as far as pouring, see, the thing about fulfillment is this. You have to fill places that will fill you. Or if God tells you to fill a place that doesn't fill you, he'll fill you back for your service. But the sermon says, hey, I, I wish I could fill you. But you haven't even allowed God to uh, patch up the hole at the bottom of that cup. Because if I fill you, it's only going to leak out. So if a person's asking you to fill them and they have a God-sized hole in their heart, then you're going to be pouring forever. And sometimes no is good. And so we have to protect access. Because, for instance, I get this analogy all the time. Um, who wants to be using this analogy? Anybody raise their hand. All, all right. Let's give it up for our, for our guests back there. All right, for instance. You have, describe your, describe your dream house. In 30 seconds. In 30 seconds, please. Two car garage. Two car garage. I said three. Oh, 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 my bad. My bad. She said three. My bad. Three cars. One, one for the Bugatti. I'm sorry. One for the Bugatti. Okay. All right. Two car garage. Ranch style. Two story. What you, what we talking? Three, okay, basement. All right, basement. Okay, or attic. Pool. So we got a pool, three-car garage, 
a game room. Right. right. Example. Now, let me ask you this question. Or I'm going to use your, your house as an example, right? So you're in a nice neighborhood, right? So there are certain people who you leave at the gate. You ain't coming in. I don't even want you to know where my house is. You stay outside the gate. There are some people that you allow in the gate, but you won't allow, like, for instance, you allow them to come hang out, cook out or whatnot, but you won't allow them on your front porch. There's people that you allow on your front porch to sip tea with you, talk tea with you, whatever y'all's tea is about, right? But you won't allow them into your living room. There are certain people that you allow in your living room, but you won't allow them into your bedroom, right? It's crazy how we make street people sheets people. So you're talking people who don't even deserve to be in your bedroom. They're getting access when they weren't even supposed to be in the gate in the first place. So there's levels to entry. And if you don't value yourself as a home, then you will let anybody into your, your dwelling place. And then all of a sudden, now they know your address. Now they've seen you undressed. And now you can't be your best. Because you allow people who didn't deserve access. My wife would go crazy. If I gave another woman access to the border, not to like the outside lines that belong to my wife, even if, if my wife walked out and I'm just having a just smiling conversation with another woman, just <laughs> all that kind of stuff, right? And she looks like her. We got a problem. So I already know to already have security systems in place to say. If a young lady does come out and I got my Hannah baby girl and they talking to me, I, I keep the conversation short. OK, you know, I don't want those problems. I don't even not that I don't want my wife's problems. I don't want God problems. Right. So what I'm saying is, is that the love of God, people will beckon it and hit the lever like this. Hey, just give me some more water. Like, nah, fam, you don't even deserve to be around my reservoir. Like you don't deserve to be around my well because everything I have is swell. Right. And when you understand that. Then you'll say, okay, okay, okay. These people outside the gate. These people can be in the front yard, play with the dog, but they're not going to spend time with me on the front porch. There's people on the front porch that you come on in the house. We cool. You've earned that level. Access to you should be earned. If not, all accesses would be burned. Then all of a sudden, everybody has a clear pathway to you, and now you've lost you. Now we said joy. Why is it important to... Is joy one of those ones we can... Yeah, why? Yeah, yeah. So why, why should we guard the, the way my joy springs? That's a, that's a... Let's see where we can go with that. Let's just see. Let's just see. That's a... That's a you got one for me? I, I, I have a question about... Yeah, yeah. Should we guard what makes us happy? The goal is... I'll answer your question this way. It's like you want to protect how much of you you put out to the wrong people or to people who don't deserve it. So you protect your joy. So happiness is based upon what's happening. I'm only happy when she's here. I'm only happy with they here. I'm only happy when this happens. Joy says, because God made it happen, I'm in a settled place of joy. So I have to protect that because people come to you. Let me ask you this question. What are two reasons why people come to a tree? To fruit, to eat, and what else? Shade, right? But how many people actually go to a tree and go, hey, tree, let me tend you. Let me, let me look at your roots, right? 
Those kind of people deserve to be around you. I hope that answered it close. Got it? I'm glad, man. Hope that helped. Now, you said joy. Yeah. Now, why? What was you going to say about that? Um, okay. Like, everybody has their own different walk with Christ and their own different relationship with Christ. Mm hmm if you find if you find joy in Christ, even if there's like crisis in your um life and that's why he put that together. I see. Even if there, you have like so many distractions and crises in your life, and you know you have God, you find out peace in your life, and you just even with the even with stuff going on, you still smile, you still um. You know, spread that joy around others, and some people will not understand. They'll be like, "Oh, why is Shirley happy?" And they get mad at you for being you. Mm -hmm. If you get what I mean, so yeah. sometimes, like what you said, it can be. You need to like just giving a little bit and just taking. But whenever you like close to them, you can just spread it. But you don't have to like just show it all the time. Cause, because you, that's right. You because you can become more. obnoxious to people who yeah. can't handle the capacity of that joy. Mm -hmm. Like for me, I know the Mister Ezzy vibe can be a lot for some. Like, there are certain people that, that give the, the azzy hug, the azzy dap, but there's some people I'd be like, all right, I, I won't, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah all right, have a good one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? See, because I know that joy might be annoying. You know what I'm saying? And even I had learned to turn it, tone it down because I'm like, fam, you 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 hype in the morning, Mr. Azzy, like, Mr. Azzy be, hey, coming out of the hall. But then people might be like, I just woke up, fam. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I'll I, I catch you around after lunch, okay? But also with joy, it's almost like I got to be careful that I don't even become offended or we don't become offended when our joy is not received. Mm -hmm. That I sustain my joy whether they have an attitude or not because the enemy's after your joy. Because why do you think the enemy's after your joy? What comes with joy? Peace, but I'm looking for an S word. Uh-uh. Satisfaction? Uh-uh. The joy of the Lord is my strength. 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 Yeah. So if I, if I, <laughs> I was like, man, <laughs> you wouldn't even close it. She said substitution. Like, yeah. <laughs> but we see here that the enemy wants to rob your joy because your joy is your strength. So you can't give your strength to everyone because it can rob you. Who was the last one we said? Servanthood. Now, why should we protect that good string of servanthood? Because servanthood is a trait that one, one has developed, it can be very efficient. Efficient. And when you go into different workspaces or you're doing different things, that efficiency is so sought after these days that mm. overworking. Let me tell you something, man. Know your price and add tax. Know your value and add tax. One thing I realized was I can't listen to people all day long. People have to pay me a premium now because I done added an addition to the family, <laughs> right? So now, if you want me, great. <laughs> I would love to help, but fill out this form for me. I need to see where you are financially. You see what I'm saying? I need to know how much time I should give because if I give you this time, and service that's premiumly, premiumly priced, then what about my, my family who deserves that premium always? So 
even in your servanthood, ain't nothing wrong with saying, hey, how much is it, is it per hour? Unless it's, a, unless it's just from your heart and God just, and you just want to serve. I'm not sitting there saying you have to be paid for everything, but man, you got to be paid sometime because people knowingly and or unknowingly will abuse your efficiency. So just because, just because, uh, like I tell people all the time, it's like, man, self-care before you serve care. If you didn't hear anything else today, for those who are in that vein of servanthood, self-care before you serve care. Because why? People do not want to take care of themselves often. They want to be carried. Imagine, imagine me coming on, coming to you and say, for instance, I know Harmony got the calves for it. But if I say, Harmony, I need you to carry me 12 miles. And I'm only just talking your head off. Yeah, so, yeah, so basically life is, uh, <laughs> and you can't, you're going to look at you getting stressed out already. This was just a, this is metaphor. This is, this, this ain't real. <laughs> she was like, man, Mr. that's with business. That's with ministry. That's with anything. You got to say, okay, I can't carry you, but I'll carry you if the cash balance the carrying of you. So if I'm paid, then I'll carry you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So what you have to understand is that we have to keep our hearts. Because our hearts are deceptive even when it's a good stream. You'll be like, man, hey, I would love to help you. I was that way, man. People called me all the time for help to carry a couch, to carry this, to do that. And I never had much time for me. And then I met Brittany. <laughs> and Brittany was like, no, you're not going. Because I already know the last time you went, it put such a significant dent that when it was you and me, I had nothing left. And so now, now my wife don't mind if I'm drained, if there's a rack that comes with it. <laughs> if there's a thousand plus, she, my, my wife funny. When I show her what's on these applications, how much they want to pay me, she's like, however long. <laughs> she, she'd be like, oh, they paying this much? Baby, give them the best. I'll, she'll be quiet. She got the baby sleep. Got the door closed. <laughs> she, she go the extra mile when they paying money. But if I say something like, yeah, so um, I'm going here to help this person, she's going to be like, if you do go, here's a honey-do list. Take care of me. Then you can do that for free. But when it comes to that big money, my wife's like, man, do however long you want. And then she'll be smiling when I'm done. Okay, did they make the deposit? <laughs> did, they, did, they, did they pay? Okay, okay, slide me some. I'm like, man, that's crazy. My wife spent, okay, never mind, she listened to this. But anyway, uh, but I don't even get to spend my money, which is, it's not wrong with that, man, because I'm pretty easy. I just want a good meal. What do I do with my towel? Did I throw it away? Anyway, so let me get up. Did I do something? Did I throw it away? Pocket. Is it my pocket? Either way, so, servanthood. Because the enemy loves going to good people to make them better. How many, how many leeches do you have in your life right now? Think about that. How many people in your life right now is taking more than they're helping? You got to protect your heart. Because who, you don't have to raise your hand, but there's a lot of people in this room who are big hearted, good hearted. She don't know her value. I'm going to use that value. Right? So 
So you have to know your value <clears throat> and the value of your time. I'm talking about no philosophy. Now, we talked about in Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart for uh, with all vigilance. That means you got to be, when you wake up, you got to be ready to protect your heart throughout the day. So what are some, what, is, what are two to three good things you can do in the morning to position yourself to better protect your heart throughout the day? Yes. And how does talking to God put you in that state of mind to protect your heart? He'll make everything straight. He'll say if that person legit, he's like, don't even waste time on that person. And the thing about it is, I said this before, it's like, you can't be afraid to say no. I said in the video, I talked about how people who get offended by your no were already or are planning to abuse your yes. So before you say yes to someone, say no and see how they react. Now, don't say no, but like, no, just be like, not right now. I got some other things to do. And if they go, like, uh, uh, then you already know I don't cut you off. Right? What's another thing? So talking to God is important because, God, I'm seeking first your kingdom. How you doing, God? Everything's good up there? Good. Great. Um, what's on your heart for me today? Like, okay, God, I'm just going to praise you, man. I just, I just want to say I'm appreciative of you. Like, I'm aware that you're there. That vibe with him puts you in a state of mind that's like, you know what? I'm so set. Even if they get upset, right? Now, what's another thing we can do in the morning? Make your bed. Make your bed. And how does that? That's a good point. Making your bed does what? Make my bed first before like I get up. It's like a goal that I set and I'm like I keep that goal. Yeah. Like set me for my day so that I can achieve my daily goal. Yeah. Since I can complete the first one. So you already set the tone that I'm goal oriented, right? So when you make your bed, the beautiful thing about a made up bed is that when you finish your day, you see the accomplished goal. And so when you start your day visualizing yourself. We're not talking about just throw the sheet against the boom. We're talking about you. You sliding. You know, and then it is, and you put the pillow, and you put it in, whatever your vibe is. Because now you have visualized yourself succeeding already. How does that protect you throughout the day to protect the streams of your heart? I get my, my mindset that I need to complete this goal and I need to achieve this goal before this day runs out. And then when somebody even interferes with, yep, I, yeah, I already caught the vibe, yep, yep, exactly. And so that's beneficial. Now, when you do that plus talk to God, it won't be as rigid. It'll be, it'll be how it's supposed to be. But then all of a sudden you'll, you'll know who to say no to and who to say yes to. One last thing, the thing you do get, Drew. Stay happy. Sustain that joy. What are some practical ways that you can spark and sustain joy from the morning? Like, just smile. Yep. Just like, you know, always feel yourself, like, talk to your parents. Like, you know, like the boss says, like, you know, you can't sleep, like, when you're mad. But, you know, you can start a bad day, like your mom or your dad might yell at you and then, you walk in somewhere and then you'd be mad or yeah. 
Hey, man, it happened all the time when I was in elementary, man. Them kids, man. And when I'm in, I think I told you that. When I was in the car line as the BMT, you done heard the mama cuss them out. You heard daddy cuss them out. Bro, one few times, man, they opened that door. I got high. That weed came out the car. I said, good. <laughs> I said, man, what a day this going to be. <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm, a, I'm in the clouds now. Thanks for that, bro. You know what I mean? But what, I, what, but what I'm saying is, is that little Johnny come into school terrorist now. And so I had to tell the teachers, like, don't just punish the kid. Realize what the kid done had to go through. And so now that we're older, because you can't, a kid at fourth grade, third grade ain't going to comprehend that. But us, we can say, you know what? All right, I got to get my, I got to catch a vibe so I won't lose my vibe. I got to find a way to be joyful. So even if your mother, your father, your brother, anybody say something crazy, you sustain that joy. So we have to keep it with all vigilance because that's what froze springs of life. Like, like right now, there are people literally drinking from my life, whether in proximity or on YouTube videos, on podcasts. So I got to make sure I don't preach bleeding on people. That's why there's a big difference between being transparent and being, oh, hold on, transparent. What's my other word? Man, I forgot. Transparent. What? Uh, vulnerable. Is it vulnerable? Transparent? What's another word for vulnerable? Uh, tra- transparent. But th- I'll use vulnerability, for instance. So when you're talking, right, like transparency means I'm sharing a hard experience from the past that I'm healed from. I'm being transparent. If I come in here and, <laughs> for instance, let's say, um, uh, me and my wife just had a big argument. I would not be on time here. I don't care who gets mad. If me and my wife ain't right, I ain't going to preach. And we not right. Because if I preach, I can't be authentic because stuff ain't right at home. What it means is, is that when you're vulnerable, sometimes you got to say, you know what? I'm going to chill today because I don't want to bleed on people. You ever heard a preacher preach, whether on TV or anybody, anybody talk and you know they bitter? They tone is like sharp, direct. I'm like, man, who hurt you? Or a friend, a friend right after a breakup. You know what I'm saying? A person right out of a situation. It's like, oh, okay, you're you're vulnerable right now. Right. So your heart has to be protected so that you never find yourself bleeding on people. Now, we're going to talk briefly, maybe 10 minutes. We won't go through all these letters, but how to guard your heart, G-U-A-R-D, and then we'll be on to shoes of Shabbat, the preparation of peace. That's the other uh, armor of God. Now, who can guess the G? How to guard your heart. Now, this might be difficult. I ain't going to get this one. If you get I give you $50. I'm just, 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 just joking. I got to run that by my wife first. You did what? <laughs> you, could, you could have said five. <laughs> I'm just messing. I can't get no money right now. I'm going to the beach. <laughs> okay. All right, so G. Is it a long word? That's the close. You have to G yourself in the word. Ground. Ground. Let's go to. <laughs> Number one, to guard your heart. You have to ground, I use that word specifically, ground yourself in God's word. It says here, immerse yourself in scripture to gain wisdom, 
guidance, and strength. Let the truth of God's word shape your thoughts, emotions, and actions. So the word must be your heart. Now, we've all heard this because we go to a, a word church, right? And so sometimes we, it can just whoop right over the top of our heads, right? Or it's just something, oh, okay. But grounding ourselves. Now, um, who's ever grounded before? Who, who know what I'm talking about? Yes, you go outside with, explain it. Oh, you go outside, no shoes, and you walk in the grass. Right? What does that do? Connection to earth, but the earth, people don't understand that the earth is a living organism. And so everything gives off energy. <clears throat> everything gives off a frequency, right? The same, the same, not the same frequency, but everything. So there's negative frequencies and there's positive frequencies. There's a secular chart that goes from enlightenment all the way down to like depression or shame, right? And they talk about how the top part is actual human energy that gives off. And so they say enlightenment is the highest frequency a person can operate in. Why? Enlightenment. Why? I put my hands down. <laughs> I was like, I was I thought the answer gonna come. <laughs> so it might take a while. Let me put my hand down. When someone knows who they are without a shadow of doubt and are executing at who God has made them, that's the highest frequency. Because nobody can shake you off of that branch. You are fully like I am fully enlightened on who God has made me to be. No one can. I I can't. I'm not going to stop this and become an accountant. That's not that's not going to happen. I'm not going to stop. Oh, look at him. Make some money. money." No. I'm fully aware of who I am. And when you know who you are, man, nothing can stop you. So enlightenment is the highest frequency. We're not talking about the secular way where I know my purpose, but I don't have an enlightenment on who God is. We're talking about a person who knows themselves, knows God, and knows their purpose. That person can't be shaken. So everything has a frequency. Why is shame and guilt and depression a low-level frequency? What are some what are some common uh, 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 consequences of of operating down here? Yes. Is that if you're uh, <clears throat> if you're like in depression, then what you don't realize is that if you're around people, they can be kind of attached to that because you feel like I like if we go another day, you're being depressed, and it's like you don't even realize that you're attached to people be like that. You can't make an impression when you're depressed, right? You can't. You have to be at a high level because it's like no matter what. What happens in my life? I bounce back. Now, don't give me depression is like, like, like when you on this top, you might drop the sadness, but dropping the depression means like, like, you don't went right through the floor and now you at the bottom level. So when you enlighten, you may have a sad moment, but when you enlighten, that sadness lasts about three minutes. You've been in a situation, you all can believe this. You all been in a situation where you had the best, it was one of the best days of your life ever lived. Oh, yeah. And somebody tried, you smiled and just kept bouncing. Right? (laughs) But there's another day, your hair ain't falling right. You know what I'm saying? No matter how much you brush your teeth, the breath just, right? No matter what you've done, it's just a bad day. Bad day, bad breath, everything's bad, right? (laughs) Somebody say something. Somebody say, if someone slides you a piece of gum, (laughs) you spazzing on what you're trying to say, right? What I'm trying to say is everything has an energy to it. Now, 
What is the highest energy source in all of life? His what? Word. How do I know that? What is one thing about God's word that proves that when it was spoken, it is still energizing? Yes. Say it again. Right now, God said, let there be most theologian historians say the world is only 10,000 years old. Don't believe that it's a billion years old. That don't even make sense. 10,000 years old. We ain't been here that long. Okay. We about to be up out of here. Right. It's been, hey, we done. Right. <clears throat> so. When he said, let there be, it still is. I don't think the, the I don't think God got a, a son. I don't, think the, I don't think God has a maintenance crew. I don't think God, God don't need a maintenance crew. God don't need, well, today I want you to make sure the sun suns, okay? <laughs> I, I want you to make sure the moon. God's word doesn't need assistance because it does what it does, right? So when I know God's word, What's the difference between knowing his word and believing his word? What, what frequency level, what, what energy level would that take you or not take you to? Yes. Knowing his word is like you're going to school to learn something, but you can forget it. Um, believing in his word is that idea and ideology, it encompasses your life. You live by it, and that is the frequency or the standard yeah. that you choose to operate in. Let me ask someone this question um, who doesn't like this subject. Who loved, who loved their eighth grade science? Who just loved it? Oh, my, okay, wrong analogy. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> man, I just shot my analogy there. <laughs> like, okay, whatever. Okay, someone just throw up the subject they hated the most. Uh, English. English and math. Math. Okay, okay. Now, all right. Math. Okay, calculus, math, right? Everyone but probably who who I knew, uh, Gabby from Victory. She loved. She probably loved calculus, math. By the way, nobody loves the writer <laughs> or what was written in their calculus book. The evidence is you don't remember it, right? But if you have a relationship with the author, for instance. Not everybody's going to buy my book or read my book, right? But when I travel the country or when I get, read messages, people who resonate with how I deliver whatever I deliver, there's a deeper appreciation of the word. I was, I was coaching somebody the other day. <clears throat> oh, uh, uh, I talked to a person about a month ago, and she was at my book signing when I was on tour, book tour um, in Florida. So when I was in Florida... She said, I still have your purpose of singing this book. And what you wrote in my book says, I'll see you up the road. And that was 2016. Now it's 2023. And we see that that a person that I, I just wrote in a book. I don't remember this person. I was just signing books, just signing books to the point to where that person said, I'm carrying these words because of because of the person that wrote them. Right. So if I just read the Bible without a relationship with God, then I won't be grounded. Right. I got to be at a place where I say, OK, before I even do point one of guarding my heart, I got to know the one who's the lover of it. I got to know God, because when I was in elementary school, I get this now. I don't know if I said this to y'all many times, but I probably have. 
when I used to walk down the halls, and there was like this, by my office, there was like this little mini library of books, right? Because I, I was at a Title I school, so the literacy was like a big push for them. And about after lunch or so, you know, kids are like, they doing the reading time thing, right? I walk in the classroom. Hey, Ms. Jenkins, how you doing? All's well. Kids are reading right now. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. And then kid grabbed my cap. I said, man, what you doing? Hey, little man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hold on, man. Little legs yesterday, bro. Mr. Anderson, will you read to me? I'm like, fam, you in fourth grade, man. You can read. Read that book. It's good. You don't need me to read. Right? All right? <laughs> Gotta go. Until the Holy Spirit stopped me and was like, yo, it ain't because he can't read. It's because he wants to read to you because the relationship he has with you. So when I realized that, that I need to go to God as a little child, he says, man, you got to have faith like a child. Like, go to God and you got this big book and you say, God, would you read this with me? Man, every time after that, it didn't matter how busy my day was. I, and I tried to say Indian style. I said, kid, I can't sit that low, bro. <laughs> I'm too big for the Indian style stuff. <laughs> I ain't going to be able to get up. <laughs> and they got the ABC rugs. And I'm like, man, I'm over here rolling the G, trying to get up. <laughs> anyway, I got to go anyway. But yeah, and so, but every time a kid stops me, even in high school, man, you know how many times y'all done, some of y'all done stopped me in the hallway and it's like, man, I was trying to get to the bathroom. <laughs> I, was, I had a mission, I had a goal <laughs> to get to stall, but, but I got stalled because I knew <laughs> that, for instance, Brevin don't mind me saying this. I remember one time Brevin was in my office. It was, uh, you know, we had that study hall and I think Lonnie done made the chicken with the macaroni and cheese in college that day. Oh. Mm -hmm. So I knew, I was like, I got to get down there early because, you know what I'm saying, maybe I can talk to Officer Mize and put an extra, you know, block of macaroni in my plate. You know what I mean? But you got to get there early so you don't look suspect. You know what I'm saying? Nobody knows how heavy my plate is but me. You know what I'm saying? So everybody, <laughs> Brad was like, Mr. Ed's, can I talk to you? I said, man, yeah. Because at the end of the day, I said, man, the meal I'm about to give him will be 10 times worth more than the meal that I'm trying to get. I think it was about a week before graduation, man. He came into my office, man. Man, he was like, Mr. Ezzy, thank you for that. You don't know how much that meant to me. So what am I trying to say? God don't mind being stopped. God's like, yo, like, talk to me. Get in my word to find out what I say about you. Root yourself in that because when you begin to get that level with God, then man, Brev done called me twice over the summer. Like, like you, I done cultivated something. You know what I'm saying? And when you realize that with God, then you'll be like, man, your words mean something to me now because we have a relationship. And now when I read that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, I just didn't read it. Now I receive it. Now I believe it. Now I guess the next one I'm going to say. I already said receive it. You can rhyme with me now. Come on now. Huh? Believe it. Receive it. Achieve it. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? You won like two prizes today. But anyway. So now when you. Because I didn't always believe that I was fearfully and wonderfully made. Some of y'all in this room. Y'all don't believe it. 
When I was at y'all's age, man, bro, like I was the smiling, sad person. Anybody can tell you, like some of the people that work at the school now, when I went to school with their, their kids, they was like, man, he was the joy of the room, but they didn't know I was sad because my giftings wasn't celebrated. You know what I'm saying? I got called gay because I wouldn't have sex. I got called weird. I got, I got, I got, I remember one time it was so funny. I was in Miss Jeter. It wasn't Miss Jeter. Yep, it was Miss Jeter's room. <clears throat> I was, I was, okay, so friends, I, for three years at Victory, I never got a referral. Never got a referral, right? I'm sitting in her room, and you know how Miss Jeter is. Next person talk, you're getting written up. Right, right? So I'm, me, the good kid, I'm like, I ain't going to talk. No need to talk. My boy Brandon dropped his pen. I picked it up. He said, thank I said, you're welcome. Josh talked. <laughs> Bro, the whole room erupted. Miss Jeter was like, nah, Mr. Nah, Mr. Josh didn't talk. Mr. Mr. Jeter might remember this story. Josh didn't talk. Yeah, he did. People getting up. No, crucify him. Crucify him. <laughs> because anybody who's ever gotten a President's Cup or a Christian character, I didn't know their parents was berating them with, why can't you be like him? Josh always get President Cup. Josh never get in trouble. I didn't know that it was building hatred in their heart towards me. And so then I'm walking out of the room. Miss Jeter was like, I guess I got to write you up. I knew I have so much favor. They ain't even going to paddle me for this. So I took, I took, I took the uh, referral with five, seven others. They're celebrating down the stairwell. We got him. He got a referral. He got a referral. Mr. Pratt gets my referral and laughs. And they was like, no, beat him. Beat him. I'm not lying. I'm not lying. Beat him. I don't even know why. Why did I go down the story? Why did I get here? What was my initial point to get me here? You... No, no, it wasn't achieving. What came in? Came in here today? Wait. What got me down to the story? I don't know. I got here for a good reason. I was quiet kid, smiling kid. What was my point I was trying to make? Oh, I didn't like myself. Oh, fearful under me. Thank, thank. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we. I went down. I don't know if I'm healed from that. I might still need some counseling on that story. Either way, I because my gift, I didn't rap. I didn't draw. YouTube wasn't made by then. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you do you realize that when I was y'all's age, there was no YouTube? YouTube didn't exist. Google didn't exist. We was searching on Yahoo. We had AOL Instant Messenger. Oh, I remember I hollered this girl, man. It was funny. She would stay so Christian. One thing about me, when I was in y'all's age, no matter how uncool I was, I went for the best girl. I didn't care. My, I, I had confidence. I went, I went to her and I was like, yo, can I have your AOL Instant Messenger? <laughs> we didn't even have cell phones. Anyway, back to... So what I'm saying is my gifting wasn't celebrated. So I was smiling, but there was no like, oh, man, you're amazing. And so some of y'all in this room is like, I have no gift that 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 garners peer praise. So if I don't get peer praise, I go to peer what? Pressure. Now you suffocate your pureness of who you are to be accepted. In order to succeed in life, you have to be okay with being rejected. Mm-hmm. Like, knowing how to handle rejection, man, it will take you so far in life. Not everybody going to want you. 
But you have to say, you know what, God, I truly believe that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible says after that, what? Wonderful are your works. My soul, my heart, my mind knows it very well. Do you know that God didn't make copies? He makes originals. Now, which one's the more valuable, an original or a copy? An original. So why have you, why have you downgraded yourself to a copy? Being an original says, you know, I'm, ground, I'm so grounded in Psalms 130, I think it was 130s, to the point to where I know it. So in order to guard my heart, I have to know his word for myself. Like, I just can't read the Bible. I got to study it. I got to investigate it. I got to say, man, change me. Do you know everybody is in this room is affected by words? Some people in this room right now, words they heard, words they wish they heard, they're still tormented by it. Some of y'all, you wished your, your parents said, I love you. You wish that somebody said, oh, man, that's great. You wish somebody. So some of us are suffocating or dying or depreciating in value because of words we heard. You stupid, you ugly, you dumb or words we didn't hear. Oh, I love you, man. That's a great job. Keep doing what you're doing. So all of us are affected by words. Why not be impacted by his word? It don't matter what your dad said or didn't say. It don't matter what your mom said or didn't say. It don't matter who said what. What did he say? If you don't know what he says, and everybody has access to your heart, because you're going to be looking for those words. <clears throat> for instance, when you know you're accepted by God, you walk with confidence. When I got that, that revelation, that revelation turned into inspiration and it turned to motivation, right? Till I got to a place, I said, you know what, man? Talk about me all you want. I'm already accepted. So when people reject me or whatever, you too much or whatever, I'm like, great. That's why it's important to have your purpose. Because when you get my age, <clears throat> you don't want to be broke and, hold on, let me take, take it back. You don't want to be so broken that you have nothing that's spilt from your life. For instance, before I had a YouTube channel, before I had a book, before I had success that I'm operating in now, of course I didn't have nothing to validate who I was or who I am. But when God told me to produce now, when people say something to me slick in the comments or whatever, whatever, it's like, fam, so <laughs> you see the resume? Like, you see what God has done through me? Like, I remember one person messaged me and it was like, um, they was like, um, I think I told you this. He was like, uh, oh, man, you know, you charging for your stuff now? You charge a lot of money for your stuff? That ain't of God. I said, fam, I messaged him back because I, I was on the energy that day. I said, let me, let me just make this clear. He ain't messaged me back yet. <clears throat> but I, I made it very clear. I said, how much do I charge for YouTube viewership? I done, I done gave y'all game for 14 years free. Go watch my YouTube videos. But if you want this level. So what I was saying was it was like when you know your worth and you know your value, those things won't bother you. What if I just said, I ain't charging nothing no more because I want to make sure I appease to him. I would have missed out on the money that I made this summer off of people that want to pay. So what I'm saying is, is that you got to get into your purpose, even if you're in it alone. 
even if nobody wants to support you because you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Your mama and your daddy played a part in making you, but God is the one that made you. It's a big difference. Two organs, two organs coming together for sperm, egg, boom, baby, there. Birds and the bees. We're here, right? But God's the one that says, while you was in your mother's womb, I knew you. I formed you. I knitted you. Do you know, <clears throat> it, it, you know how when you get in a house, you pick your, you pick your, what kind of floor you want? You know, they got the little, the little yeah. samples. Yeah. You're like, okay, oh, babe, let's get this floor. I don't know, man. Is it heated? <laughs> uh, let's get these faucets. Oh, because me and my wife in that stage, right? And I'm just like, with her, I'm just like, man, I just want to give you a house. You make it at home. Whatever you want. Because I'm only going to wake up and eat in that place. And you know what I'm saying? And spend time. I'm not going to be sitting there on the back porch. You know, but what I'm trying to say is your parents wasn't the ones saying, oh, we should put this gift in her. Oh, let's select that for her. Or let's select that. They didn't do that. Who did that? So when your mama and daddy got something to say about what God wants you to do, hear them. Hold on. Hold on. Dang. I missed my whole. Listen. But don't hear them. Or is it backwards? Hear them, but don't look. There we go. Thank you, prophetess. You, you hear you hear them, but you don't listen to them. Because God ain't going to take that excuse on Judgment Day. Well, my mama, he going to be like, bump your mother. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man, I'm done after this. Because this is what made Jesus dope. That's why you got to read. A, you got to continuously read the Gospels, one Gospel a month. Read Matthew 1, Mark, Mark the next, <clears throat> Luke, John. Read them each month. Why? Because Jesus will show you the blueprint. Imagine Jesus doing his thing. I, don't, I think it was in Galilee. He was somewhere. Healing people, casting out demons. Come out. You know, that kind of stuff. I don't even think Jesus was that type. You know how people in the front, they got different ways. If, when, they, when they get make me pray, I'm not going to be a pusher. That ain't my, that ain't my style. If you, ain't, if you ain't falling out, bro, when I walk up to you, bro, we ain't, we, I ain't going to make you fall out. So, but you know that some people, they be like, eh, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> bro, that's why I be like, fam, you know, if they, have a, if they have a line, I'm like, man, I ain't even going down there, bro. All, those are all pusher downers, right? But Jesus was just doing his thing. Till one day, his mama and brother pulled up. The same mama that wiped his behind. The same mama that fed him that meal. The same mama that was there. The, the, the historians say that his mom and brother was on that stuff, like was like mad at him. They were embarrassed by him. I don't know if y'all saw um, the Chosen kind of depicted it to a degree when, when um, he was in his hometown's church, if you will, and he was given the reading. Right? And while he was given the reading, he began to talk as if he was in the text. Right? He's right, right? And then the, the main Pharisee, whoever that person was, got offended. And they was about to, to the point where he was like, by the law of Moses, if you do not denounce this, we'll have to kill you. And Jesus leans over. <laughs> Boy, we, how, you, you was in class. I rerun that thing five times. He said, I am the law of Moses. I said, man, that's a bad boy right there. <laughs> then they carried him to the top of the mountain. He said, I'll give you one more chance for your mother. <laughs> and Jesus looked at them and said, this ain't happening today. And then he walks off and looks up to heaven and smiles. Even in that friction, in the text that I said before, imagine your mother coming up 
Jesus, we need to talk to you. You know how your mom's parents be. We need to talk now. <laughs> now, <laughs> right? Mary was like, we need to talk now. Brother's like, yeah, Jesus, we got to talk, right? <laughs> Jesus looks at them and says, who's my mother? Who's my brother? These are my mothers and my brothers and my sisters. Ain't Churchill. Anyway, the story ends by saying this. Jesus knew his purpose so well, he stayed focused. And we'll finish next week. Love y'all. See y'all next time.